You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, everybody. Hello, listeners. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello. I'm getting over this part quickly because you and me are in trouble. Why? We are terrible podcasters. Are we? Yep. Last week, I got an email from a person. Okay. A person who's listening to you say this about them? We omitted two items last week. Okay. We're going to repair the damage at the beginning of the show here. (laughs) The first thing is... We didn't give the movie a score, neither of us. We just skipped by that. We've started giving the movies a score recently. Hmm. But we apparently just... Okay. So the clock... Well, that's probably why we forgot. We don't have it on... Did you put it on the list? Well... Of things to do? Yes. You did? So um, the score is for the Cloverfield Paradox. From you? From me is 6.5. Okay. I think that's fair. You can't copy from me. You have your own score. <laughs> I don't have the same. I have 6.5 for different reasons. All right. Maybe 7, because I did enjoy it. All right. And the second thing is, a fun part of the show that people seem to like is when we go over the IMDb reviews. We didn't bother do that either, even though it? that is on the list. No, are you we, sure? I am sure. I went back and listened. We completely omitted both of those things. What were we thinking? Were we hypnotized or something? So here what we go. What was going on? Were you so starved that you just were like, impossible Maybe. whopper, impossible <laughs> I need to get on to supper. So we, we reviewed a movie last week called The Cloverfield Paradox. Well, thank Paradox. you, person. And here is the IMDb reviews for that movie. Oh, These my, are the people so who dislike the movie. This seems awful excessive for one person's thing. No offense to the person one. Well, but I mean, come on. You're wasting been- our time. There could have been many people. Then we're going to have to skip today's because this is taking up time. Many people who didn't email. Who who, were traumatized by it, you reckon? Who who were like, what's this half-ass podcast? (laughs) All right, here we go. One could argue that every week. (laughs) So this guy says, this is for the Cloverfield Paradox. One out of ten. The last half hour of the movie, I just wanted the main character Hamilton to effing die. Her all-time stupidity wasn't bearable anymore, as well as the constant crying that just got on my nerves. Biggest waste of time. Of course. You've got to pick one that says, waste of time. Also, this guy says, nonsensical, utter garbage in space. The people behind this story should be forbidden to go near a keyboard, because a plot like this is borderline criminal. Borderline, though. Not, like, actual criminal, so we're still good. And finally... What the this hell is did the I longest just... before the after the show discussion ever. You're ruining this person's <laughs> who wanted this. So finally, what the hell did I just watch? Stupid movie, no plots, and boring. And I'm still laughing at the ending. <laughs> so there you go, person out there who complained. We have rectified everything. 
Right. You're you're a good little podcaster, amending your problem your mistakes. Don't no offense, person, but don't listen to the persons. Really? Come on. Alright, so um it is Saturday, August the fifteenth. This is after the show, we're a movie review podcast. We are on episode 647. The movie we're looking at this week is An American Pickle. It's a 2020 movie. Um, It's PG-13, and it's from our friends at HBO Max. It's an exclusive to HBO Max, streaming. Not on Blu-ray right now. So, Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of An American Pickle. Hmm. Man out of time. Adjusting and solving problems of a modern man. Nice. I'll give you the official synopsis. An immigrant worker at a pickle factory is accidentally preserved for 100 years and wakes up in modern-day Brooklyn. That's it? That's it. Well, I'm very proud of them. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> that sums it up. That is, it really sums it up. All right. So um, here's our thoughts and views on an American pickle. Sid Talk. I liked it. Uh, hold on, though. Caveats oh. for you, isn't they, here? Caveats? Caveat? Yeah. What do you not... Like usually, all. in all of all things, or no, just the one thing. This, really? <laughs> this movie, Seth Rogen, right? Not a fan. Never have been really. I mean, it's up and down. We have a volatile relationship, and rarely do I say to you the words "He's growing on me," but he's growing on me. And this helps because it's a little bit different. It's not totally different because it's still um, fantastical. A little bit mumbly at times. He's a little full of his own self, but he does a good job with this particular dichotomy. You know, him as his modern self and him as a hundred-year-old, or hundred years out of time person. Yeah, so this movie's crazy. This It's not written by him, so everyone knows no. it's not Seth Rogen written by. He, was, he produced it, which just means, producing means you help organize things like... You know, you might be the person who gets the studio available or calls a famous person to, or a friend to do a part. You know, I mean, producing is different than directing or whatever, which he, he normally does. But he stars in this movie twice. He plays <laughs> two characters. So yeah. he is a major part of the movie. I mean, it is a Seth Rogen thing. Sure. So um, it is, uh, there'll be spoilers here. So go and watch the movie. It's on HBO Max. Come back and discuss it with us. Or if you don't care. Listen to what we say. Listen so it, to what we say. I really liked how it started off with the um, 4 by 3 and the old-timey... Because it starts off 100 years ago. What's his country? Um, I don't think it's a real country, is it? I don't know. It's like Schnumpf. It's got a mm, weird name. Like. Yeah. So he's in his country. It's 100 years ago. He's... You it's know. like old school near Russia where the Cossacks have attacked. Yeah, he's caught in this lady and finally gets married. And it's done in this, like, you know, voiceover. Fairy tale kind of funny way. Yeah. And then, like we said earlier, he gets a job at a pickle factory. He falls in the pickle vat. And then the factory gets condemned. And then a hundred years later, some kids find him in the pickle vat. And he's perfectly preserved in modern day Brooklyn. And the hilarity ensues. Yeah, which if, I don't know if it's hilarious, but which is, if you're going to do a person out of time scenario, it doesn't really matter how you get them out of time. It's all going to be fantasy. So this was as good as any. I didn't, I love in the movie how they address it. Like he goes in front of the press 
And this doctor says some stuff and all the press in the room go, oh, okay, that sounds, oh, that makes sense. Sure, sure, sure. That's why he lived for a hundred years. In the yeah. <laughs> and then we just move on. Like they're just, he's telegraphing to you, whoever wrote this. The, just get over just it. Just forget that. Yep. Get over it. He's pickled. <laughs> he's a year, a hundred years. It's no different than, you know, Captain America being frozen for it's, well, 70, 50 years or whatever. It's almost the same story. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. But he doesn't have a shield. <laughs> but he does have pickles as his superhero weapon. Don't know about that. So then it like, you know, it it is a comedy at heart, but it's also like kind of touching and it touches on the American dream and all different things, right? In the I don't know if it's American dream because what I think of it as is this person who lived in a, a difficult place, the way they play it out and, you know, oppressed or whatever the situation was in this fantasy country, I'm assuming. I mean, um, very poor. And- his his just life goal was to, well, all he wanted was some seltzer water and all she wanted was a gravestone. So, I mean, they didn't have high aspirations. But then, of course, in that time period, they came to America and started their life. And so I don't know if it's the American dream necessarily. It's just people want to do something, you know, something more with your yeah. life and his thing you know when he's a fish out of water from 100 you know it, it pokes fun at different things such as like like kind of hipsters like there's <laughs> yeah. a guy dressed just like him and they get that guy's like hey cool clothes man you know and what that the joke about like we're milking everything these yeah, days <laughs> like peas and almonds and cashews yeah. <laughs> and just the differences between then and now you know like he looks up at the skyscrapers and I mean, they don't go overboard with that stuff. No, you don't want to focus on it because then it's... If you want to do a movie about that, I would say do a movie about that. This just wants to get us along to the sweet and nice and heart part of the movie. Yeah, and the story is really about like family and tradition and religion slightly, right? I think it's... I thought about that. You know me. I'm not a religious person. Got nothing. Got nothing to back me up here on the uh, religion front. No beliefs of any kind. But I completely understand the what this person... This person is missing. The young, the the now version of this guy. Well, he's not a version of him. He's his great-great-grandson, right? That's who he's staying with. Yeah, he happens to be the same age that Herschel was when he got pickled. So it's it's Seth Rogen. Both of them are Seth Rogen. And that he has... For whatever reason, it could you can blame the times, you can blame the culture, you can... I don't know about his parents, because they're missing from the equation, as you learn in the movie. Sad story. Could be a Disney movie, almost, that part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that he doesn't... All he's doing is stringing together his own way to cope. His parents are dead. He's alone. He thinks he can make a business, you know, a, a, an app to do some shit, just like a lot of people think they can these days or do or whatever. But that's what he's focused on. But internally, he hasn't found a way to cope with being alone and losing his parents and not really knowing what to do with his life at all. And then here comes this great-great-grandfather who, just as a matter of fact, to make to help him cope, he does. he's Jewish, so he does the prayer for the dead and... That's his foundation, which is totally understandable, and that this guy has had it in his life. He knows the prayer. He's you know he must have been raised around it. He yeah. had a bar mitzvah and everything. So for him to find that again, to have a connection to this great grandfather, and something where he can just help push pull himself together, I totally 
That's how I saw that. Yeah. Well, you I need to I, find I, something that you can hold on to and now crawl up out of this hole you're in with it. And I thought that you, you know, the end scene, them finding prayer together. Yeah. I thought that you might be like, oh, but um, it really seemed appropriate for it. Yeah. The hint of it earlier, I was kind of like, uh, I know Seth Rogen just for medially, you know, from media. Yeah. And he's not that. I mean, he's Jewish. He's proud to be Jewish and yes. everything. However, from my, any clips I've ever seen or heard, he's he's like, you need to do your thing. You need to do your thing. I do my thing. You do your thing. Right? No judgment. Right. And so understanding from that behind the scenes part of it, I don't think he would be part of a story that pushes that as the narrative. Mm-hmm. So I kind of let that go. And like I said, everybody needs something in life to hold on to. And if in this person it became that, which made sense. So I was on board with it. Yeah. I, I, the way it is devised. I wouldn't sit and watch the Hallmark Channel on, all the time because that might make me go, oh my God. No, but this is not that, is it? <laughs> no, it's, it's like, it's, it totally fits why. It does. It makes Why total they would sense. be praying at the end. And it's actually And I want him touching. to find a way to like get on with his life. And if this is it, then... That's what that character needs. I'm all for it. Now, I have to say, um, I thought there was some very funny stuff in here. Mm-hmm. And it's not always funny. It's not like a, a crazy set, you know, set, like super bad. It's not that kind of movie at all. Like, it's more kind of introspective. It you is. Say? I mean, it's fantastical. Let's not mislead I mean, it's people. got some, yeah. It's, He's digging pickles out of the trash and jars and salt out of the trash and using rainwater and selling these jars to people. And yes, we have... The health department intervenes at one point. But, I mean, the general consensus is this is fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a bit, it's a bit of the fantasy but side. But it's kind of that That idea. someone can dig food out of the garbage and resell it and yeah. not actually end up in jail. That was the part about the American dream I was kind of getting at, mm. where he kind of has nothing, and he, he goes out there and he finds some things, and next thing you know, he's got got money. Like he, True. You know, he tries to... Well, he does. He becomes successful selling these pickles. It just happens to backfire on him. <laughs> but the pickle thing is, I like how they wove it. You know, how he was a pickle guy, and then he turns out he makes money out of pickles. <laughs> you know, it's... He a, goes, I know pickles. I am a pickle. <laughs> yeah. And he's... I, I like that too. Uh, Seth Rogen got, is saying like, you've been, um, you've been in brine for like a hundred years. You must be thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's th- there's really good lines. The line where he is giving the speech, uh, you know, being interviewed, and he like calls out the Bible and says that it's just about a prostitute. Mm-hmm. And it's just really funny. Like, I mean, it might offend some people, but. That was the idea in the movie. We turn him into the person who says all the things for the cancel culture, as I'm sure some people are aware of. Yeah. Where as soon as you say a thing that some people don't like, you need to be erased and gotten rid of. And so that's what we're also exploring here is that this guy is beloved and then he's a pariah and then everybody hates him. But then some people champion him because he's so honest and so open. And so, yeah, that's where that fits. And, you know, he is um, the modern day version of Seth Rogen is kind of getting pissed off with him and tricks him Mm -hmm. into going on Twitter (laughs) and just being himself. Which Knowing he knows that that's going to be bad. It's going to offend every single person. So that's how it kind of gets out of hand. So I like the plot of it. I think it's pretty good. I, I like, you know, some of the... I was saying to you when I was trying to put the cast together, 
there's a lot of people in the movie, but then there's not a lot of scenes between Seth Rogen and anybody else. Mm-mm. It's all scenes between him and him, right? Pretty much. There's barely anything. Like, he might he talks to the doctor at the beginning. You know, he talks to the lady in the bar, like, briefly. Like, it's all very... There isn't much development of any character outside of this. And what I said to you is I was very surprised by the structure of this movie because I was fully expecting a love story at some point. Because always in these movies, it usually boils down to love, right? And the love in this movie is between the two guys. Like, it's the family love. Like, you know, we're a bond because we're a family. We're blood, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a, It's not about, like both of them find girlfriends and then there's amusing things because he's out of time and the new girl's like, you know, why are you dressed like that? You know, yeah, it's it not woven into any other subplot or anything. It just is these two men dealing with their situation and finding a way to move on. And I was like... Together. I, I was almost like sat on the, my seat waiting. I was like, in a minute, they're going on a date or something. He's going <laughs> to show him Tinder and then they're going to meet girls and... It's going to be that scenario, you know, where he, yeah. where he's like a hundred years, he's from a hundred years ago and she's modern and it doesn't count quite work, but they never go there. And I was kind of interested that they didn't do that because mm-hmm. it, it furthers, you know, it goes where it does go. It's kind of, what do you call it? Like, you know, what do you call it when it's a uh, methodical? It's not the word. Mm-mm. You don't know what I'm, I'm thinking. Not sure of. what you're talking about. You'll come across it. It'll be in your brain there somewhere. You know what I mean when you um when you <laughs> God, I can't even <laughs> your brain sounds like dry. methodical, but it's not methodical. Economical. Mm. Okay. It's, the plot is economical because it it doesn't ever spread out. Like it just it goes like down this narrow path. Like he's going to you know Herschel's doing his thing, and it's going to lead these two guys to have an understanding of each other. And love each other in the end, right? You know, like, we see each other as, you're my ancestor. Like, and, and you know, when he's, when Herschel's in his apartment and he says, is that your mother? Is that your father? And he said, no, that's just a poster of David Bowie. <laughs> and he's like, well, where are your photos of your family? And he's like, hidden them away in the closet. Yeah. Because he's not dealt with the death of his parents properly, has he? He's not, he, he can't even bring himself to look at the gravestones. He's. That's the whole thing I just said. Yep. Yeah, I know, you said, I know you just said that, but you yeah. didn't mention about the... the Tucking them away, like, hidden away, yeah. Where he's trying to live the modern life and just not n- connecting to anything But you could emotional. see while you were watching it that this could go like a hundred different ways that would be really goofy. You know, the dating Definitely. way. The let's take him to different places like a theme park because he'd be like, wow, look at this crazy place. They don't... They just resist the urge to do all that, which I, I kind of like. Because that's kind of like, what's it called? Red herring, the man out of time thing, isn't the theme right. of the movie. No, and it's sparingly used. Like, it's not every two seconds he's, he's going, oh, look at this thing I've never seen. It's not that. Yeah, or being awkward or something. Yeah, but it is funny. Like, I like when he's... There are funny parts, like, where Seth Rogen gets on a scooter and he's like, you've got legs, you don't need that. Yeah. You know, like, it's just superfluous. So, um, what, was there anything in particular you liked? Do you like the direction? Do you like the... Um, I think it was well-paced and, you know, it didn't, like, linger too long. 
It was actually quite short. It was. And I think that was, like you said, economical is the way to go with this because the whole point was for them to find a way to do this, to keep going together. And it's and I feel like nothing needed to distract from that. So you didn't have any fancy anything. No, I mean the flashback was the beginning with the old can old timey camera and all that shit, which is a little bit pretentious, but we'll let it slide. Other than that, it's very straightforward. Yeah, I did like. I did notice there was one super high. Um, don't know what they had to do to get the a little bit of shot inside of his apartment. Where it was a little bit grainy looking, and then the next shot inside the apartment was perfect, so I'm not sure what they were filming on, or what they were. It, uh, I don't know if that was on purpose, it, but... It was in a nighttime scene, and it almost looked like when you're using your iPhone to film something, and it's, um... Like grainy. Grainy. Yeah. Like, like noise, like low noise from nighttime. Yeah, I noticed that, too. And I was A little like, bit. I was like, whoa, that's, um... That's, like, kind of a bad shot. I would try and fix that. Oh, no, I, was... I liked it. That's what I'm saying. I like that, but it, I did, couldn't tell if it was on purpose or just, like, screw it, we don't care because that's not important to what we're doing here. But the message of the film is good, and also it's um, PG-13. It's not, it's not anything that is, like, objectionable in a big way, I don't think, apart from some of the topics on discussion. I mean, if you don't want to wear them, slag off religion, I guess. Right or people in wheelchairs or women or gay yeah, people. but it doesn't get over. No, know, the it, point is he's a jerk. Yeah, so that's kind of what you. Well, have the to point remember. is he is what he is, right? Like yeah. from an old from an older time, he doesn't fit into the like. Um, let's all be PC and stuff. He just is what he is. He doesn't try and change. He doesn't. They don't even have a scene in this movie, which all movies like this would have, where they take him into a um, like a suit shop and get nope. him a modern suit. He always is wearing his old clothes from hundred yeah, years ago. Yeah, I like ago. that actually. Now that you mention it, yeah, yeah, yeah. They never play with any of that stuff. So, um, and you know, even right to the very end, he's well, he does wear the other the other guy's clothes at one point, but he's mostly, you know, hundred years old dude. So, um, when I went into the cast here, I put Seth Rogen as Herschel Greenbaum and Ben Greenbaum. <laughs> and Sarah Snook as Sarah. Sarah's uh, Herschel's wife at the beginning, which. I really like that actress, but she gets nothing really, right? It's very brief. She gets to eat the head off a fish. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they have a little chat, you know, in the nice, on the log when they're talking. But um, Seth Rogen's the star of the thing. And I think he did a really excellent job. You know, the, the characters are so different from each other. And he played them very differently from each other, right? I think so, yeah. I mean, the accent kind of defined uh, the old-timey version of him. But, uh... Herschel's a different person completely. He's like, he's a bit violent. Like, he can turn, like, because well, of... Well, he threatens, if you do not do this, I will perform violence on you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he has that going for him. Yeah, and, you know, he saw his whole village get slaughtered by Cossacks. So, before he got pickled. So, he's kind of like in this, like, I'll fight you if you come at me. Yeah. If you, you know... Because uh, that part where he's where they're putting up a billboard for some vodka and he thinks that the Cossacks are doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny, like, in general, that like, there's some, you know... Is it... I get the vibe of uh, Borat a few times. Like, a that little kind bit. of humor, you know? Because it's kind of inappropriate, like... Innocent and terrible at the same yes. time. Yes. Yes. I did a good shit. 
Borat's much more um, adult than this guy. And not innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen does not give off the innocent vibe, but the concept of this person who truly does not know why what they're saying is offensive to you. Like, they have yeah. no idea. That's what this guy... But he's learning. That's the good thing about this character. We're going to make him move forward. And there's nothing mean-spirited about this movie. That I think that's what makes it kind of different to a regular Seth Rogen movie. Mm-hmm. When I was thinking, hmm, this isn't Seth Rogen's usual thing, uh, excluding the the long shot that you liked as well, right, recently. Mm-hmm. But before that, you know, Superbad and, and uh, you know, Pineapple Express, that kind of thing. Those movies are kind of a bit mean-spirited and they're, you know, they're weed movies at heart and stuff. But this is nothing like that. It's all, it's, I was going to say it's almost family-friendly, this it depends on the family. Yeah, it does, but it almost it's very close to being like something like Elf, where you could all watch it and nobody's offended, but it's close but not <laughs> quite there. Yeah, I mean there is a little edge to it, but like it's way off what That family knows. from Australian Gogglebox could handle it. Nobody knows what that is or who that is. <laughs> Australian Gogglebox is Gogglebox, which is a TV show in England and Australia. And the Australians have an American celebrity <laughs> version, which is all American people, I think, pretty much. I mean, Curtis Stone and his wife aren't, but um, for the most part. And Robert Guy from Canada. From Shark Tank. Whatever. You don't know what I'm talking about. Nope. These people sit and watch TV, and you watch them watching TV. And so... And while that sounds like... There is a... Fa- yeah, it sounds really boring, but it's really it's stupid. <laughs> but there is a family on the Australian normal version, and they've got, like, five children, uh, ranging from, like, what looks like 18 years to four years. And... They are. They seem pretty progressive. I think they can handle this movie. Okay, sorry for being uh, wildly interrupted there. What happened? Well, they won't know if you cut it out, but the doorbell... I won't cut it out. I'll leave it just like this. The doorbell rang. We waited. You looked on the camera and you said, I think it's you. It looks like you. (laughs) (laughs) That's entirely impossible. So there's a lady at the door. We didn't answer the door because we don't generally, if it's nothing we expect. And as she walked away, I could see she had a mask on and a bag with the big word Jesus on the side, which is not rare (laughs) in our neighborhood, in our part of the world. You get weekend uh, religious people knocking on the door. It's either Jehovah's Witness, um, Christian people. Sometimes we have a van parked in front of our house, which is hilarious. And it's in handwriting and hand painting really sloppy all over it about Jesus and quotes from the Bible. Jesus saves, it says. Yeah, and I'm always like, <laughs> they don't ever come to the door, though. They just sit in front of the house. So, yeah, that's a, uh, usually that they, they usually come on Sunday, so. They must she be did off. have a mask, though. She was, you know. Yeah, she wasn't. She hadn't come to spread the coronavirus. She'd yeah. come to spread the word of the love. Oh, listen to you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, so back to the movie. Okay. Um, as we were saying, Seth Rogen is pretty much the star of this. It's directed by Brandon Trost, who has directed short movies only. Hasn't actually directed. Mm. So, and this, I don't, this is not a short. It's, this is actually one hour and 20 minutes without the credits. So it's close to a short. Yeah. You know? But um, I like the direction of it. It's pretty straight up. But that part that you, at the beginning... I really like that. I thought it looked cool. It did look cool, but it's also, it's not really, it's 100% not necessary. It's just for the sake of it, let's do this. We can, so we will. 
I also liked when he'd been pickled for a hundred years and then it, it was going to the modern day. You saw like the twin towers and all the different things yeah. in the background happen. And then the it slowly went into widescreen, you know, like it stretched the screen out. I, I thought that was a really cool effect what they did you didn't see the twin towers as in 9-11 you saw everything being built you saw the twin towers then you saw them disappear then you saw the freedom tower correct and you saw all the graffiti and then this pickle factory which was a really nice building when he was in it 100 years ago is covered in graffiti and trash everywhere and it was i liked that setup the whole Mm -hmm. the whole beginning setup, and then the the kids are flying a drone it goes through the window yeah, I can't, I was saying, again, I can't let my reasonable brain pick it apart, but in a hundred years, someone would have come in there and taken all those barrels and broken every piece of glass. Exactly, but... <laughs> and opened that pickle barrel that he was in. So, Sit up, yeah. we're in movie land. I know, I have, that's it, I have to let it go. So, um, seeing as this is a new movie, it's only been out a week, let's see what, if there are anybody on IMDb who doesn't like it. What do you think? Do you think everybody... Uh, no, there's no nothing in the entertainment world or the world in general of humans that everybody likes. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Yes. These are the people on IMDb who dislike this movie. Number one. Did Seth Rogen agree to do this movie at gunpoint? Because there's no other explanation for it. I like Seth Rogen. I watch all his movies. But this is truly terrible. Like what the actual F... Your name ends with Rogan, not Green. What? What does that mean? I, th- I guess he's... As in, you're new to Hollywood, so mm. you should, you're not new to Hollywood. I don't understand that. You're just okay. saying that shit. Okay, okay. Moving on. This guy says, uh, lazy writing, lack of creativity, boring movie. They're just pushing them out these days. Terrible movie. Hmm, not a lot to get your teeth into there. This guy says, and this is... This is very... He had to think about this one. He says, A dildo of a pickle, coated in the scent of a putrid roll mop, then left to soak in a fetid cesspit of manure during an excessively long heat wave, finally marinated in a cadaver's colon and served with a side of cat vomit. My goodness. I'm, I'm impressed. I've got to give him, like, at least a few points for that. <laughs> for expressing precisely the way he feels about this movie <laughs> without actually describing the movie in any way. That mm. is impressive. And finally, this guy says, Seth is becoming less funny the older he gets. The concept for this film has been done countless times, especially in Hollywood. Countless times. That's true. Every story has been done, though. Correct. There are only five stories anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? Are there? I don't know how many, but there's not that many that we keep telling. We just tell them with different little yeah. quirks or so, whatever, however you want to put it. So um, I, we're, we're going to give this movie a score this week. We're going <laughs> to stick to our thing. What are you? Like a puppet? A I'm puppet giving, of the proletariat? I'm giving this movie a seven. I actually really enjoyed it, and I like the message. I think seven's fair. Are you I'm going to give it a seven point two. Okay. I'm going a little bit higher. Yeah, I no, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I was into it. I cried a little bit because, you know, it's a sad concept, yeah. being alone in the world when uh, you don't want to be. Exactly. And um, like I said, uh, there is no extras because it's on HBO Max. And it's also not on Blu-ray yet. Probably will be later this year. So thank you to Warner Brothers for letting us watch that one. And uh, thank you. 
to you, Sid Talk, for being Thanks, great. IMDb, for existing. Yes. <laughs> so movie recommendations. I'm going on my Seth Rogen tip. I'm going with the movie Long Shot that he did with Charlize Theron, which is very, very funny. It was done, you know, again, it's, it's away from the Seth Rogen formula. It's more, it's more like a romantic comedy, right? But it's a bit wacky. Mm-hmm. And my other one is one of my favorite Judd Apatow movies, which also has Seth Rogen in it. And that is Funny People. And now people give Funny People shit because it's a nearly three hour long romantic comedy or comedy. And people don't think comedies should be three hours. But I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I thought it was really good. I think you liked it too, right? I did. Oh, now I've got the hiccups. And my recommendations... Now you're going to have to deal with hiccups and yawning. Yawning and hiccups? Sheesh. And Jesus, I mean, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot to take in. (laughs) In one afternoon. Um, Going back to Adam Sandler, one of my recommendations... Oh yeah, he was in Funny People. ...is 51st Dates. Because I think it's one of the nicest... That's what I was trying to think of a movie that's just nice at heart... Like, the persistence of this person who just loves the other person. If you've not seen it, you need to see it. Drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler. And then the opposite side of that, but without being, like, vulgar or gory or anything like that, is Manchester by the Sea. Which is like, 51st Dates will make you feel good, and Manchester by the Sea will... Make you feel bad? Not make you feel good. <laughs> I don't know what will well, make you, you feel. feel bad, but you'll feel you'll have felt a lot of stuff. You'll feel wrung out, and like with these nice comedy ones, you feel something, and that's what I was going for. Is like these people tell us stories, and we. I happen to be a movie person, not a book reading person, but you tell me a story. It's got people, or it could be any form of character in any shape, animated or whatever, out of space. 10,000 years in the future, space alien, I don't care. If it the through the process, you have emotional connection to the ideas, to their troubles, to their solutions. You start to dig deep in your own life experience. You get a little empathetic. I just think that's good. And they all do that. These good, well-written movies, despite what the one-star people say. Um... Well, even that guy who wrote all those things about the vomit and all that stuff, it elicited something from him. True. It just didn't sound very pleasant, but it got it. You know, what kind of it's not entertainment if it does nothing for you. Right. Even if you just sit there and go, that was fucking hilarious. And then you forget it two seconds later, at least for that amount of time, you had a you had a mindless chuckle. You know what right. I mean? It was something. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. So, uh, yeah, Manchester by the Sea, the least funny movie of all time. I, I don't know if it's the least funny of all time. There's some pretty sad movies out there, but it is... There's a couple of funny moments in Manchester by the Sea that I can think of. It's funny, like, human funny, but not, like, comedy funny. Yeah. It's funny when the nephew says, can you leave me alone now? And he's like, no. And then he just sits down and he's like, that's no. the moment I was thinking of. Yeah, it's it's funny in that way of like, oh, they've been through so much, and this is funny, but is it? Is it just humorous? I don't even know how to describe it. It's not comedy. All right, so um, Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing, um, well, I've been playing one game this week. It's called The Tourist. Have you heard of The Tourist? Hmm. It's a um, isometric, uh, like, from above, like, pixel art game 
where you're this guy who's, who turns up on this island and there's a mystery to unravel on the island. You're just walking around the island. You're trying to figure out, like, there's puzzles and there's a story, like, hidden in there. You can speak to people and then you've got to kind of, well, you've got to uncover what the tourist is up to. It's a Game Pass game. It's a uh, Microsoft. No, you're not on. saying Taurus like tourist. the bull. You're saying like the tourist. Movie, the tourist. T-O-U-R-I-S-T. Yes. Okay. You're on holiday. You're a tourist. Okay. What Just do you checking. think I'm saying? Well, you sound a little bit like you're saying Taurus, like the car or the bull, the um, zodiac sign Taurus. You mean the zodiac, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that. Okay. He's a tourist. He's on an island. He's wearing his little straw hat and his Bermuda shirt. He's going around trying to uncover the island. Really fun, really cool-looking visuals. It's kind of like a bit like Minecraft, but it's kind of voxels instead of... Do you know what voxels are? No. It's kind of a very distinctive video style, game style from like the 80s or the 90s. Um, but it's uh, on Game Pass, so you can actually try it for nothing if, you already own, if you've got a Game Pass. The other thing... Um, do you remember Microsoft Flight Simulator, Sid Talk? You could pretend to be in a plane. Sort of. It was like the big thing like during the 386 and the 486 era. It was, like, it was really ru- kind of rudimentary, but also super advanced for its time. You know, you could learn to fly the plane and it was very serious. You like fly, you work your way up flying different planes and you could sit down in front of it and fly an actual real flight with the proper weather data and all that stuff. But they haven't made one for such a long time. But there's a new one and it'll be out next week. It's called Microsoft Flight Sim 2020. And what they've done with this new one, because, you know, it's been a long time and everything's new now, technology-wise, they've incorporated Bing Maps into the flight simulator, and you can fly anywhere in the entire world, and every airport in the entire world is rendered. Goodness. Uh, If you want to fly from your house or, you know, your local airport to somewhere where you've always wanted to go... And you want to click on the real-time weather, which it pulls from Bing as well. You can do a flight that's identical to doing the flight in real life. It is crazy what you can do in it. There's all kinds of different planes, from very small little planes to jumbo jets that you can do. There's missions, or there's just, you know... It's going to be... These games are the... You know, like I love truck sim. Mm-hmm. Well, flight sims along the same lines, you know. Because especially now that it's got Bing Maps and you can look down and fly over your house if you want to. Pretty crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, so that comes out uh, next week. And also the cool thing about it, because it's a Microsoft game, it's on Game Pass. So if you have the Game Pass, which I have to say, I'm not a shill for Game Pass, but Game Pass is $1 a month on PC. $1 a month. You got get it? it? You get 100 games for that, including anything that Microsoft put out that's new. You get to play those as well. So it's like the it's like the $12 a year. It's crazy that they offer that. You can play everything, all the Gears of War games, everything that Microsoft has. So Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020, I'm excited about it because it does that thing to me that Truck Sim does. You can just sit and go, okay, I'm going to fly <laughs> from here to here. Or I'm going to do, you know, my favorite thing about flight sim is the um, lessons. Because you go in a plane with a guy or girl and they give you a lesson. They say, like, you're going to take the controls now. We're going to, you know, you do a whole lesson. It might take an hour, but it's all voiced. 
And it's like you actually taking a lesson in a plane. Cool. Really cool. So uh, that's Flight Sim 2020. What is for dinner, Sidtop? What would you like? And how difficult will it be for me to procure it? I'd like the Impossible Whopper. Well, that sounds difficult. (laughs) Is it difficult? Sounds impossible. Yeah, I guess it is. But you know what? I can do it. You can do it? Let's see how they do it. How they get along. We have a thing. We eat out three times a week, I'd say. Eating out, meaning I order Jimmy John's or yeah. we get Subway or... Hello Fresh we do. Hello Fresh we do. I mean, that's cooking, but yeah. We you could call that eating out, though, because you order it from out. It's not eating out. You have to cook it all. That's true. Yeah. That'd be like me going to the, having the store deliver the food. To me, that's the same thing. Uh, that's just cooking in. But we do eat out a lot. So the numbers are against us when it comes to consistency and accuracy. I think if anyone eats out a lot, they probably identify with this. So going to Burger King on a regular basis, we get occasionally something wrong or something happens at the drive-thru that is like, what is wrong with you people? Or like last night, order Jimmy John's delivery. Show, the guy shows up, didn't have one of the drinks, and I go, oh, I, we had a Coke too. And he goes, oh, I don't think so. And he kind of pulls the receipt or I have the bags in my hand with the receipt hanging off. He kind of reaches around me and pulls it up. I think he wanted to make the point that there was no Coke on there. And then he goes, oh, so you want me to go get it? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, I could literally get in the car in my mostly pajamas, drive to Jimmy John's and come back in probably 15 to 20 minutes, depending on the, how busy they were or the stoplights. So yeah, you can go get it. And he's just like, I go, yeah, if you could. And he's like, okay. So yeah, you're going to run into that stuff. What else do we get wrong? Just random things. We had something really wrong one day last, not long ago. Oh, one of the things is when we order a Jimmy John's, you know, like a six inch sub or whatever. (laughs) What is it? Is it six inch? or eight inch. Eight inch sub. And we say, can you cut it in half? Mm -hmm. It's actually on the menu. It's on the menu, yep. You can ask to cut it in half. I'd, I'd say... Like 20% of the time, it's cut in half. Yeah, it's hit and miss. Like last night, we ordered three sandwiches. <laughs> Our nephew is here. Two were cut, one was not. They're all exactly the same, except for that. <laughs> yeah, and I bet the same guy did all three of them. Uh, there's two people standing there that kind of go in a little line. And I'm not insulting people who work in food. I understand totally. I have worked in a kitchen. I have worked in a bar. And it isn't easy. It is one of the hardest jobs, and I will put this up against any job, to work in food and work with people, like uh, customers. I understand. It sucks. It just sucks. I do help desk calls in technology, and I want to just, like, I want to say, like, can I declare myself not part of the human race for a day because they're driving me crazy, you people? So I get it. It's difficult. However, when the screen in front of you is as big as this monitor is to me, like they have a Jimmy John's, and it says, cut in half, cut in half, cut in half. I don't know why it's so hard. That's one of the consistent... Errors, at least. They're consistent. And I mean, you might say, well, that's not bad. You can just yeah, cut it Yeah, it's no big deal. Sure. True, yeah. true. But then don't put it on the menu. Yeah. That's like saying if I ordered a veggie sandwich and they sent me meat, it's like, well, just pick off the meat. Uh, no, that's not how it works. We did get meat once, but luckily for some reason I suspected it. And before I left the driveway, I looked in there and I hadn't pulled up very far and no one was behind me. So I backed back up and waved and the guy came to the and I said I don't think this is right I ordered two veggies and he's like the same response yeah like yeah that's what we gave you so I handed the sandwich to him open in my hand 
and there's like roast beef hanging out of it. <laughs> He's yeah. like, oh. Like this really shitty attitude you get a lot. Occasionally, I'm going to say 40% of the time, not even half, you get somebody who's super enthusiastic to do a great job and really help out like the lady at Taco Bell. She happens to be vegan. So when I complained that I got home with a something that had meat mixed in it because we ordered the veggie version, she was totally like on board because she's vegan, which is really weird to be a manager of a Taco Bell when you're vegan, right? But she makes it work. She's got kids to feed, right? So she was really into it. And since then, we haven't had a problem with Taco Bell. From 40% of the time, they get it right every time. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so that's all I have to say about fast food. And what's your uh, message? My advice is just do the thing. Um, if the, th- the thing, like, here's a tiniest example of it. We have a deck on the back of our house. It's very small. It's like a small little deck built in the 80s. It needs to be replaced, but that's a whole other discussion. And under it, for the first 10 years we lived here, because it was covered in rocks, nicely landscaped, it was fine. Right? Barely yeah. any weeds. Yeah. Over time, however, even when we try to keep up, it has become a jungle. And every time I pull the car around, because our garage, our driveway goes all the way around behind our house, and then there's the back of the deck with the rocks. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh my God, I need to get over there and figure out what to do to fix this. Pull out the weeds, isn't going to be permanent, blah, blah, blah. And I think it every day, day after day, day after day. And all I really need to do is just get off my ass and go do it. Go crawl in the mud and the rocks and on the cement and with my round ass and my 52 year old body and my aches and pains and my allergies, which is also another topic, which really drives me crazy and just pull the fucking weeds, just do it. And so this morning, I think I had a dream about it. So I woke up about seven 30. I'm like, okay, okay, brain, you've bitched to me enough. We're doing it. So I put on a mask, not for COVID, but for Allergy purposes, I put on like one of those N95s and then I put a bonaclava, not a bonaclava, what's the thing that pulls up? The itchy boots buff. thing. A buff. Pulled it over, had it over so I had double allergy protection. I put on some really good rubbery gloves. Um, and I went outside and I just did it. And I spent almost three hours, I think, by the time you were messaging me, we were getting up there close to 11. And I just sat there and figured out what I need to do to fix it, pulled out as many of those little weeds as I could. They're all very difficult, but I was got down to the point of moving every individual rock and pulling out that weed. And then I'd get really determined like, Oh, you fucker. And I'd dig around in there with a stick and get them out. And then I, when I, I was really tired and my butt hurt because I'm sitting on rocks and gravel and my knees hurt and I'm sweating and my nose was running even all, you know, I was just miserable for there for a period I kind of waddle up, stand out on the driveway, and turned around. I thought, I'm going to take a picture of the the pile of weeds that I've picked out of here. I turned around, and I instantly was very satisfied. I was like, oh, God, that's so much better. I can, I can handle this now. <sighs> right? It was like a barrier. The amount of effort or whatever it was was stopping me from this very simple but unpleasant task. So just doing it. And then I was like, ooh, said it was going to rain. So I kind of stopped. I swept up my mess. It never did rain. But now I'm like, okay, now I can do the other side. And I can go do that other thing that I want to get done. I don't know if that's a help in life at all. But, you know, if there's a thing that just needs to be done, just do it. 
Nice. Is that bad advice? Is that boring advice? It's, um, it's Nike's logo. You need to... Um, it is, but you know, I'm never going to run a marathon the way Nike's sort of encouraging you to do, or jump over hurdles, or climb a rock mountain. But I will sit on some rocky surface with my big butt and pull weeds and look like a crazy person in my own backyard with a mask on. <laughs> All right. No problem. The neighbors are probably like, what is she doing wearing her mask alone outside? Like she's over the top. So did we actually um, do this podcast properly this week? Did we say I everything? I don't know. Did You're the man who keeps in charge of all the stuff. I say we did. All right. And if you want to complain, complain to please. me. Please. Please do. Uh, you can catch this, uh, catch us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, catch this podcast, Spotify, TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play, RSS. Uh, you can speak to one of your smart devices if you got one in the house. Just say, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn, and it will play you the latest episode. Email feedback to me at ascully at com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates you all. I don't hate anybody. I don't all hate smell anybody. Smell like diarrhea. Uh, that is not true. I don't <laughs> know where you got that. Uh, oh. How would I know? I still don't have any sense of taste and smell hardly. Now I have the hiccups really bad. <laughs> If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Sidtalk, C-I-D-T-A-L-K. And you can also... If you like plants and baking and sunsets occasionally, <laughs> that's me. All flowery and sunsets. Nice. <laughs> and stay classy, Mr. Seth Rogen. You're actually winning Sid Talk over. Winning slowly but surely over the years, yes. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. 